before, though, because I, I didn't do that once. Is the uh, Internet affected when everyone's using it at your place? It can be, yes. <clears throat> it's the old pipeline thing, you know? Yeah. With the tubes and stuff? <laughs> yeah. That's all right. You know, it's the, the same. The pipeline coming in needs to be a little wider. Yeah, whose doesn't? Uh, you know, I have some of that here. Not not super noticeable, but in the evening sometime, if I go to watch a streaming service of some kind, it'll take a second to kick in. Um, That's odd. Well, that area. yeah, but I mean, it's like, I don't know, like you can just tell the difference between what the Internet is like now versus what it's like at 730 at night. But aren't you, don't you have five? Yeah, but the thing is, on my household streaming if i'm watching the television it's it's the internet i use is humble fred a humble fred uh, 5g it doesn't it doesn't affect it a lot it just sometimes takes a while to load hmm. um dan duran you're here fred's here everyone's here hi everybody welcome back <laughs> yeah fred was just angry a minute ago oh was he yes well i'm letting everyone know that he, we were talking about the forecast, and then Freddie got upset over the fact that we we're going to have a couple of nice days, and then a couple of not so nice days. Yeah, and that can be upsetting. Well, no, it's not. There's a couple of not so nice days with a decent temperature. It's just the Easter weekend, you know, and Easter's late this year. Why does it have to plummet to seven again? Well, I don't nice know. Question, yeah. Now, Dan, you were you did weather for some time on television. What did they teach you? <laughs> well, you know, this is, this is spring. It's like you know, it's oh, all yeah. over the place. Yeah, that's why you're not supposed to plant your plants and stuff, right? So, what is it? The end of end of the month. Well, I'm sorry. Are we uh, keeping you from something? You seem. I'm looking at the weather right now. <laughs> that's I'm the end, Dan. He seemed disinterested. Yeah. <laughs> he seems like. He goes, I don't know. It's springtime. No, it's don't it's <laughs> you're, you're planting. You're planting is the end of May. Oh, is that because not, of the ground? The ground and the weather. Yeah, yes. you don't want to freeze yeah. yourself out. There's frost on the way. There's you know inclement days. Right. It's all over the place. <clears throat> we don't usually plant till May two for weekend. Because it's risky. <laughs> it's crazy, eh? Well, spring is the big lie. You know, just because... Well, it is. <laughs> I've said this recently. It's a big lie because just because winter's over doesn't mean that the great weather begins. And figure it right. out. It's, it's, yeah, it's all over the place. But, and it, you know, to Fred's point, it's going to be not great on the weekend compared to now. But, you know... Yeah, but the weekend's... You know what? To Fred's point, nothing. It's Monday. It could be, they say it's going to be 7 degrees Saturday, Sunday, Monday, but it could be 10. It could be 11. No, but you know what it's like. When they predict really nice weather, sometimes that doesn't happen. But when they predict bad weather, it always happens. It always happens, yeah. yeah okay, you're right. Let's all just. Oh, I see. You know, let's it's right there in the weather book. <laughs> well, Dan, <laughs> Dan you, you'd know that from your years of pointing yeah, at a green rules. screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> weather rules. <laughs> However, I have pictures. I think the year before last, the kids were in the pool like in May and like May 13th or something. So it can turn around quickly. I hate to bring, you know, I hate to bring some optimism to the show because it's not the theme. But by May 13th, we could be in a pool. Yeah, well, last year at this time, just before it locked down, the last two weeks of March and the first week of April, you know, I played, you know, nine or ten times. And then we had the lockdown, 
But it was a unusually uh, warm spring last year, and now I guess Dan, we're just having typical spring weather. Typical spring weather, yeah. It's not out of with a feather. You know what people don't realize if you're new to the show and you're thinking, "Is this the show?" Uh-huh. Yes, it is. But I was going to say, for people who do know us a little bit, this could be the entire next 90 minutes. <laughs> easily. We could do 90 easy on the weather. Right. For new people, though, this isn't really the show. We no, haven't yeah. started the show. Yet. Oh, no, we haven't started the show yet. But I mean. So much more to look forward to. Speaking of uh, lockdowns, I had like a normal, fun Toronto weekend. Yeah, I saw, I saw a oh. picture of you at a bar. Really? Did yeah. you? Oh. It was exhilarating. Oh, it was wonderful. It really was. It was wonderful. Fred was being so Are you gonna and, are you gonna expand the, on that or do you want me to ask you questions? Oh well it was just I don't know how gripping it is. It's it's gonna be very gripping. Guys gathered at a guy's place, we had a beer and then we Went to the Dome and uh, joined 50,000 people watching the Jays game on the way in. Had a hot dog. Felt guilty as hell, but I had it. Why would you feel and guilty? Then, well, you know, with my noom and everything. And I'm getting so close to my... Uh, Your goal weight? My goal weight. That, but anyway, that's hey, a whole other By the way, story. no, hold that for a second. You, you see that thing I sent you? Remember I sent you... Yes. Um, yes. I read it. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. So, and then I went in the, you know, in the dome and had a couple of beers, felt guilty drinking them, but hey, it was part of the festive uh, atmosphere. Were they expensive? Oh, yeah. $12.50 a can, but yeah. we were a bunch of retired guys. You know, we were talking about that at this point, at this age. It's like, you know what? We're not going to worry about a few bucks here and there. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, I saw the group. Listen, I saw the group of guys you were with. Yeah. And I don't know all of them. But, you know, if I had, there was literally half the guys at that table. If I had their money, including you, I'd burn mine. Like, you can all afford you and Ball and Waslick. You can all afford all the beers you want. I know. you, And you look beyond the principle of it's gouging. But what the hell? How many more Jays games? Are, you know, you're in that mindset. How often? How many more times am I going to do this? And blah, 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 blah. Yeah. And then we left there and went to a restaurant. And I had a nice meal. And a Did you feel more guilty beers. again? Huh? <laughs> Did you feel Did you guilty be- again? <laughs> yes. Be before feel- the end of the game? Yeah. No, no. Because what I did is what I ordered was some chicken. And then the potatoes were just sort of baked and then mashed. It wasn't mm. French fries or anything. So that was good. But I had a couple more beers. So over the days, I think I had, I had like five beers. Did you get a little buzz on? Uh, no, because they were really spread out over the day. Yeah. Were they full alcohol, and, uh, though? Like, not like, what do you, what are those, what do you call those um, lower carb beers? They were like full beers? Oh, yeah. They were craft. Oh, yeah. Good for you. I, I really went for it. I went for the gusto. Anyway, the long and the short of it, I didn't gain any weight. It was weird. Yeah. Uh, I don't know what to tell you, man. First of all, congratulations. I saw a picture. I don't know the other guys. I saw you, Ball, and, and Darren. And on one side of the table, I was, no, I'm sorry, Ivor was there. Right. Freddie Ball, Darren. So I recognized four. There was two guys that I wasn't sure who they were. Well, Buddy Doug. And, oh, I, was, uh, I haven't seen Doug. So that was Doug. Oh. Okay. He's, his hair is long, too. Yeah, really long. And uh, and then another buddy of ours named Frank. Okay. You know... I don't want to get into a whole thing in the Noom diet because Dan's finally got a scale and he's trying to do the Noom thing, and that's exciting. Yeah. But, 
you know, I, I had a four pound swing from Thursday to today and was down into a, you know, the 170s and I'm back at 181 or whatever. But it's funny how you can have a day like you just described and it doesn't do anything to your weight because it was all within your cal- caloric, you know, um, allowance. Other than the beers would have blown the top off it. But did you? But you just said you didn't gain any weight. Oh, no, no, no. I know. But what I'm saying is counting it on my app. Yes. Like would I didn't even bother because it would. So I just put the food in because I know the beers would have just blown it. <laughs> no, blown it off the Richter scale. Right. But but so. who's that? What is, I, I sometimes wonder, like, I'm going to have this thing. Should I put it in? I'm like, well, why not? Who's going to see it? It's not like I'm going to fail a test. It's just to be counted. No, 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 no I know. But again, I knew I, I thought I'm going to watch my my diet. Right. Because I know I'm going to have a few beers, so maybe I'll pull back on the diet, which I did. And then yesterday morning, we went to this neat little diner in the East End, and uh, I had Eggs uh, eggs Benedict. Mm-hmm. Oh, you stayed in town. Felt, and I, Yeah, and I felt really guilty. I stayed at Buddy Doug's, yeah. and then I felt a bit guilty about that. But I said, hold the, the home fries, right, and just give me sliced tomato. And I was so glad, because when she brought the plate out, the other guys, they're... they're um, you know, their potatoes, you know, the little diced potatoes that they give you home fries. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, they, there was a ton of them and I would eat them. Of course. If they were in front of me. I would have ate them. Mm-hmm. So it well, was a good call at the line. I'm really happy for you. And I mean, guilt aside, I know you're, I don't know what you're guilty guilt about. Now. Apparently the entire thing was. Lots of guilt there. It's but, a guilt weekend. But you know, the when, when I came back. This time last week, and I had told you I'd been to a show, and I'd done stand-up, and I was out in the world, and there is definitely something, and I wanted to get your take on this, there's something invigorating, weirdly invigorating, about being around people after not really being around them much the last couple of years, and I think you found that, that there's an energy, you forget, and I wasn't in the dome, but I was in you know, inside of rooms with hundreds of people, and there's an energy exchange that happens that you don't realize you've missed it until you haven't done it for a while. And then, as you just found out, and, and Dan, you've been to some shows, you've been to, you know, events. There, There's definitely something we miss as human beings when we're not interacting with one another. I think that's true, yeah. And uh, even all those events, they acknowledged it. Every single time it was near a bunch of people, they acknowledged that, hey, we're all together and yeah. you know, feeling good about it, right? But didn't you feel, did, didn't that make a, I know you're with your friends and you went to restaurants and you're having beers and you're in the dome. I mean, there's a real, it's invigorating. Absolutely. I mean, it is even not during times of pandemic to, to reconnect with people. But as but you, you say, take it for granted. Even, it's even heightened yeah. because because you haven't had that opportunity for the past couple of years. And, you know, it was the same thing going into the dome. And, and again, you can't judge. A lot of people had masks on. We wore, wore our masks while entering the dome. And then when we sat down, we took them off. But as I'm sitting there, I'm thinking, you know, the long and the short of it. Have I already said that today, the long and the short of it? No, I think you said to make a short, a long story short. What's the what's <laughs> seriously? You're at a dome with fifty thousand people. Yeah. What is the point of wearing your mask walking in if you sit down and take it off? Like, I don't know. It's just sort of symbolic because yep. you're not protecting yourself, really. Listen, I walked into Yuck Yucks, and there was yeah. I walked through the 
club with my mask on, and then when I took my jacket off, I took my mask off, and I'm just there for to an hour, breathing in everyone's goo. Yeah. Um, but what you said about you know that, that's a as I describe your your event would be great anytime, it, mm-hmm. but given how little we've all done that, oh yeah, there's oh, yeah. something sweeter about it. Like I told you, Rachel and I went to a a jazz club and had dinner and then watched the music and under normal circumstances I wouldn't you know maybe that wouldn't have been a choice to make but I just wanted to get out in the world again mm-hmm. and um, yeah there's something about it that I think we it, and I was thinking about your grandkids or my daughters or your son Dan mm-hmm. that two year gap in their lives where they weren't able to do all the things that kids do and think about how sweet your weekend was. Imagine not being able to interact with your friends when that's all your world is, is interacting with other kids, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Crazy. How did, your, uh, how did your show go? I'm not sure what you're talking about. Your stand-up. I didn't do stand-up this weekend. Oh. I thought you just said that. Yeah, I was at, you know, I'm talking about when I was at Yuck Yucks last weekend. Oh, I thought you said you went to. Oh, okay. Yeah, I was talking about being in Yuck Yucks a week ago. I, when oh, okay. when I came back from last weekend, I had the same thing as Freddie. I had gone out to clubs. I had gone to do stand-up. I had been in restaurants. Oh, we thought you had started your 2022 tour. That's all. No, so I'm finished. My 2022, <laughs> my 2022 tour is over. In fact, I was going to go and do that show with that uh, comedian we had on last week. Right. Yeah. And uh, I am not going to do that now. Why? I don't want to go and do stand-up Monday night. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. Right on. Anyway, uh, Tuesday is <laughs> No, I just don't want to. It's at the end of a weekend. I got to have mm-hmm. the kids. And, I, you know, Rachel, it's going to be Easter. And I just thought, you know, the last thing I need to do is spend all Monday afternoon getting ready for a show. That doesn't really matter to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. And, uh... Just one more thing. Are we too, recording? But, you know, I, I've lost track. Yes, that's fine. You you go to the dome, and I go to the restaurant, and I go to the diner, and all those things. And you're thinking, boy, am I going to get COVID? Mm-hmm. I didn't give it a lot of thought, but you know, again, the messaging through this. Look at the numbers. Like just around a thousand. It went down a bit yesterday, and they talk about oh, it's not the real numbers. But anyway, those are the numbers. More than half of those people went into the hospital for other things other than COVID, then tested positive. The ICUs are holding steady. In fact, doing really good compared to all the restrictions being lifted and the little bump that they've gone up. So, you know, full speed ahead and let's see where it takes us. Yeah, I mean, I'm I, sick I, of worrying about it. Good. But, I, you know, it doesn't mean that it, you should. there's not things to be worried about. I mean, and I don't, I don't totally agree that it's full speed ahead because we're going to only because if, you, if that's your attitude, if there's a bump in the road here, which there very well could be, mm-hmm. you know, we're all going to have to get our heads around the fact that this isn't over yet. But what is not full speed ahead? We're in full speed ahead right now. No, what I would know. not be full speed ahead? What would that be? XE? Yeah. Pardon me, Dan? XE? That's the new variant. Is there a new oh, variant? No no, 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 no. I'm talking about our lifestyle that we've adopted now. Well, I, I don't yeah. know. I mean, I'm just saying that there's a... It, they may have to come to us in a couple months or whenever and say, hey, this thing's gotten out of control again. Uh, we might have to restrict some uh, movement. I hope not. Hey, I'm not hoping we do. I'm mm-hmm. just saying, like... 
like the attitude now is like, oh, well, I guess it's over. What's not? I mean, and, and whether those people went into the hospital and then tested positive, all of what you're saying is probably true, but there's there's more to it. I mean, you know, we just because we're all, you know, we've, we've gone through this a dozen times now. Just because we're all tired of it doesn't mean that mm-hmm. it may not still be affecting a, a large group of us. But remember, keep something in mind, too. This is Ontario. We were locked down more than like any other jurisdiction in North America. Yep. The hysteria in Ontario was over the top compared to so many other jurisdictions. We're still coming down from that a bit. Because I read another thing about they've reached the peak in a lot of countries in Europe. They can see it. They've reached the peak, and we're only about eight or nine days away from that ourselves. So oh, That's good. And, Dan, there's a new... Um, well, let's see. Hey, listen... I'm not cheering for us to be locked down. I promise you. I never. I don't hear I think you cheering. I think for you it. think I am. <laughs> I don't hear you, you cheering for it. I'm not. I'm not accusing you of cheering for this. I don't hear any. Uh, yes, cheering. I think you think I'm a vax. Uh, I'm a vax. Uh, I'm a virus cheerleader. <laughs> <laughs> but, by listen, the way, but, I'm making my appointment today. They called me at Chopper's Drug Mart. I'm going to walk in. I might get it today. My fourth booster. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I'm. Rah, rah, rah. I'm ready. I, I wrote that down. I'm ready. From I got notified. I'm going to get a booster this week. But don't. Tell Tell me that they've changed their reporting because yesterday in the United States of America, they're saying they had 9,000 cases. It's just bullshit. Sure. You know, we, in, in Canada yesterday, the entire country, uh, we reported 3,400 cases. Now it's for a weekend. But still, I, I just think we're there now. They've changed the reporting criteria in the States. They just yeah, have. They're bothering. <laughs> yeah, but here's bothering. the point, Howard. Here's the point. Early... In the pandemic, we saw, you know, those refrigerator trucks and people dying in the hospitals and everything. They've changed the reporting, but has the overall picture changed or not? You know, the deaths, you know, we're, we're not, we're not feeling the effects like we did early in the pandemic. I don't know the answer, Friedrich. I just know that Mm -hmm. they're reporting only 20 new deaths from COVID in America yesterday. Really? Yes. (laughs) Yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like. It's, I'd love, and, and, you know, France had 107,000 cases, and you're saying the USA only had 10,000, Germany, 45,000, South Korea, 164,000, with, you know, hundreds of deaths. The U.S. is reporting 10,000 cases and 20 deaths. Come well, on. I know, but, but here, look at Ontario now. They're saying, you know, with the wastewater and everything, we're probably getting 100,000 a day, and it's like, okay. Maybe. Hey, listen, it's not the news you want. It's just I think we have to kind of like keep our eyes open. Well, I think it's all in the way it manifests. Like what is the maybe 100,000 a day like in in some weird way is, you know, maybe a good thing. I don't know. But it's spread because the thing is until those hospital numbers become a huge concern, then we're just going to have to proceed. Well, that's, uh, you know, that's what we're doing. Um, yeah. Another one of my buddies got COVID, my buddy Fraser. You guys know Fraser. He got the COVID. Yeah. I don't want to, you know, and, and a very mild case, you know, but I, only significant is that he's a guy our age. And, um, you know, I was talking to him. He seems fine. He said, the fr- I said, what was it like? He said, you know, the first day and a half was like a pretty bad flu, but not terrible, like body aches and you know, scratchy throat and chills and such. He said, but you know what? It was like sort of end of the second day started to feel better. And now six days later, he still has a sort of a throat. Sounds like he's got a cold, but he said, I feel great. I've got energy and I, I'm fine. And 
you know, I don't know what my point is about that other than to say, you know, hopefully we're going to get it. I mean, at some point we're going to get it and it's going to be mild because we're boosted and vaxxed, you know, as he is. Mm-hmm. And let's be honest, we're under 75. We're not obese. I mean, there's a whole bunch of touch points that yeah. are very rarely discussed for, I guess, politically correct reasons. Let's be honest. But uh, there's a segment of the population that is way, way more vulnerable, but it can't really be identified because then those people are, what's the word, marginalized. So, well, we should all be equipped with that information at the same time. Yeah, like I'm I I really don't want to go backwards. I just don't want, you know, us to pretend like there's not still virus you know in our population there's viruses everywhere dan dan this is the longest pre-show that we've I've ever had I've, I've i know dan's like i've got to get going i've got news to collect all right daniel do your thing this episode of humble and fred is being broadcast to the world from humble and fred studios in brampton toronto and the western shores of shimong lake and is brought to you by gig sky the retirement sherpa the chambers plan bodog health gauge and GoDaddy. and now here are two men who like tiger had a stellar career and after a horrible accident were celebrated for returning amazing everyone that they could even play the game anymore <laughs> Humble and Fred. That's right. We were uh, both critically injured. Bottom of a ravine. Thank you, Dan Duran. I had the longest conversation with Dan about golf I think I've ever had. Dan called me up and he had some questions about the Masters, and we yeah, and we talked golf and we talked diet, and uh, it was quite a weekend. Um, welcome everyone. Officially, welcome everyone. Big show today. Can I ask a quick question about the Masters? Dan, I am here for all your Masters questions. And Fred, I've got a... uh, I did a little digging. And I've got a... A great little background for you on the Masters champion and how he's connected to two other superstars from other sports, which I think will amaze you. Ah... (laughs) I, well, I hope so. It takes a lot to amaze oh, me. Oh, I know. <laughs> I know it does. So here's my question. So uh, the winner of the Masters what, got $2 million or something like that? Uh, something. You know, the purse is probably, I, I read something on the weekend, $2.4, 2. $2.5 yes. All right. So the second, let's just pretend. So let's, the second place person wins, uh, well, wins second place. Well, let's say there's two or three people that won second place. Is the, is the pot then split three ways? Yes. If it's hold, hold on a second. Let me get you the... Here we go. The Masters theme. All oh, right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. How it works is... Uh, so you're first, I'm second, and Fred and Fred Ball and Darren Ty for third. What they do is they split third, fourth, and fifth place money. Oh, so they pool it and They split. pool it. Yeah. Um, because what's his oh, head okay. there? The guy with the mullet. He missed a putt at the end, which would have given him... Sole possession of third place, so that yes. cost him a few bucks by yeah. missing that putt, right? Yeah, I yes. Um, so the people that tie at whatever place they tie, right. the next place down and that place are pooled. Right. Yes. What is the mullet man? What's his name again? Cam Smith. Yeah, nice guy. Nice Aussie boy, right? 
Yeah, you know, the mullet is, uh, I have an issue with that. I have, a, <laughs> I have a bit of a problem with it. But I look past it because he is a, uh, he's just so good. Hey, by the way, speaking of sports, before I forget, we really should talk about what Matthews did. Did he not do something 50 and 50? Is that what he did? Mm, yeah, he did 50 and 50. It's sort of a weird 50 and 50, but, you know, he had missed a few games in between. But, but the last 50, 50 goals in the 50 games he scored he pl- 50 oh, okay. goals. <clears throat> yeah. And has that ever happened? Is that is that a Leaf record? I know we're getting off. Oh, that off. would definitely be a Leaf record. But Gretzky, remember, he got 50 and 39 games. No, I know. I know it's not a... I, yeah. No, I knew that. Yeah. I knew that it wasn't oh. an NHL record. I just wonder if it was a Leaf record. Oh, yeah. It doesn't take much to set a Leaf record. <laughs> That's good. <laughs> Um, hey, Howard. Yes. Plus, one other question on the Masters. Oh, no, I don't there's know much. the next how, uh, two hours. I have all sorts of <laughs> Masters information. What's his head? Sheffley. What's it? Scotty Scheffler. Scheffler? Scotty Scheffler, yes. Um, him missing those two short putts on the 18th, that wouldn't have cost any money, right? Because no. it wouldn't change anything. You're, no, he four-putted he four the last hole. He could have... Yeah. He could have... Seven putted the last hole and not. Oh no, he could have six putted. But that doesn't affect any money or no. It just you know what it, it just affects. Mm-hmm. It, it, it affected. Uh, it was actually sweet. It was. It was kind of cute because he he yeah. was so emotional. He just didn't know mm-hmm. what to do. It, it, it's funny though. I watched a bunch of highlights and nobody showed it. Right. I says to the wife, I says, <laughs> you know what? If he needed those putts, he would have got them. You know what I'm saying? Say he he had to drain that putt to win. He, yes. he would have probably yeah. done it. Yeah, it. It was just his concentration yeah. was blown. Yeah, but I when I and I mean it. Like I watched a bunch of highlight stuff yesterday after after the Masters, and the, no, but nobody actually showed the first three putts. They all just showed him putting out for the win because everyone, just as you said, everyone knows that. Mm-hmm. Or it really wasn't news. what. Mm-hmm. Fake news. Mm-hmm. Well, no. Yeah, it just wasn't. It wasn't part of the story. Right. No, it wasn't. What was interesting, As I said, though, there was an element of, because he's 25 years old, his first Masters, the big galleries there. He's got it wrapped up. Yeah. Of course, his concentration was off a bit. And that's what I'm saying. If he if he had to be a little more focused, then he would have been fine. That's, the, um, I thought it was sort of neat. And, and then he covered his face for a second. He's like, Jesus. But uh, what I was going to say is that, so he has the first putt and it goes past the hole. And I, and you wouldn't know this, but all of us Masters nerds and Tiger fans would know that where his putt was for the, you know, the first of his four, the second of his four putts. Right. Where that was was in the same position that Tiger's putt was 25 years ago. It's on that side of the hole where where Tiger sank that putt to win in 97. And I thought Nance was going to mention that. In fact, I think he did. And that was the only thing that three-putting from there kind of ruined is because it, it... Well, what was the, what's the significance of it being in the same spot? I thought it would have Because it's the 25th and No, it wouldn't, actually. It's the 25th oh. anniversary of Tiger winning for the first time, and that putt just oh. happened to settle in the same spot where that now famous... You know, arms raised shot of uh, Woods winning for the first time anyway. So since we're talking about him, he went to a a school in Texas. And um, I've written this down because I I thought this would be of interest to you. Other people from from different sports. I just have to find it. So there's a guy that pitches for the L.A. Dodgers named Clayton Kershaw. And he's a superstar. Yes. And 
there's a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams who's, uh, I guess his last name is Stafford. Mm-hmm. Is he Matthew the same? Stafford. What's, yeah. What is it? Matthew Stafford. Okay, so you know who those guys are. Yeah, I know the story, too, to be honest. Okay, for, for you people who don't, mm-hmm. those, those guys um, all went to the same high school as Scotty Scheffler. Yeah. And in yeah. fact, I think on the day that uh, Matthew Stafford won the Super Bowl, right. that was the day that Scheffler won his first tournament. Mm-hmm. Like 55 days ago, Scotty Scheffler was in the outside of the top 10 in the world. Now he's number one. So apparently yesterday, Stafford, who is his buddy, Ker- Kershaw isn't. He just went to the same high school. Yesterday, mm-hmm. Matthew Stafford sends Scotty Scheffler a note because they're pals and is like, hey, let's go get this. I just thought that was kind of cool that that high school produced those three stars of different sports. I just yes. thought that was cool. <clears throat> no, it is. It's pretty cool. Absolutely. Three superstars from the same high school. Well, how would you have heard that? Where would, where would you have had that information? Because it's so, it seems so odd to me. Uh, I don't know. Some, you know, over the weekend at some point, I didn't watch a lot of the Master. I only watched a bit. After Tiger struggled in day two, I sort of lost interest. So I only saw it down the stretch, but I, I read stuff. I kept reading stuff all weekend. It came up somewhere. Yeah, I thought that was interesting. Well, interesting about Matthew Stafford too, because he played for the Detroit Lions and he had this reputation of being a great quarterback. Because the team was so shitty, he never really showed his potential. So finally, he gets upset and wants to leave. He goes to the Rams, <laughs> hooks up with a good team, and wins the Super Bowl in his first year with the Rams. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I didn't watch uh, much coverage. You know. I don't know, 40, 40 odd hours, 50. I don't know. I lies like 10 hours a day. I was watching uh, coverage. Was it me or were the azaleas not out in bloom the way they normally are? I didn't get that striking red or Cloud flowery cover. feel that I usually get from the masters. Oh. Every time I, I did uh, tune in or saw um, replays, it didn't look as uh, bountiful. As um, I don't know. Maybe the, uh, maybe the, because of the cloud cover. Or, or um, it's been cold, you know, even there it was cold and through the whole, even the, you know, the southeast, uh, northern Florida, it's still been chilly this spring. Uh, Saturday there in Augusta, Georgia was, it never got above 45 degrees uh, Fahrenheit, which is what, seven? That's what I'm saying. Uh, uh, maybe eight? Azalea suffers oh. from that. I don't know. Uh, well, here's uh, somebody uh, named Mark Mallet says, since Fred mentioned how much oh. he likes the Azaleas at the Masters, here's a scene from the man with two brains. And I'm like, <laughs> what is this all about? And it's a uh, Steve Martin movie. Listen. What are those assholes doing on the porch? Those aren't assholes. It's pronounced azaleas. <laughs> <laughs> it's a uh, young Kathleen Turner. What are those assholes doing on the porch? Remember her? She was. She was hot once. She well, hey, we were all hot once, Dan. But Juice. she was really something. Mm-hmm. What's that, Freddie? Juice. She's yeah. got a the juice. What are those assholes doing on the porch? Those aren't assholes. It's pronounced azaleas. Anyway, there you go. And and I'll t- and just to correct that, I honestly, and I'm not just saying this, but it's true because some of us 
have to endure things that others don't. Never, ever have I been hot, ever, in my life. You guys were, you guys had hot periods. Uh, I'm having some never, hot flashes Never, was now. I hot. Never did anyone look at Fred Patterson and go, oh, he's hot. Sorry. Well, never well somebody did. <laughs> no. Did anybody she ever overlooked say, that aspect. She's me, and you're married to her. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I don't think that was part of the equation. Mm. How about your azaleas? Anybody ever compliment you on your azaleas? <laughs> um, anyway, so yeah, I, I, we can talk a little bit more about. You know, the, I got a couple of things here. You know, like, I don't know why, but I really don't have any problem with Scotty Shuffler. I think he's a very good player of the game and everything. But for some reason, and I don't know what it is, you know, the whole faith, what? the whole faith thing bugs me a bit. Oh, you know, why? Uh, is he a, yeah, a thumper? Yeah, yeah, he's a thumper. Oh, is he? Oh. And um, I mean, that's fine. He doesn't make a big deal of it. But I've read some stuff. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know. All I can think of is a poor kid and his whole... But you know what? Listen, if yeah. it gives him comfort, good for him. <laughs> comfort but, and uh, joy. Yeah. Uh, Dan, thanks very much. Dan's news coming yeah. up later. We've got uh, quite a show. Um, we're going to have a uh, stand-up comedy comic on here in a minute. I, I, I don't know this kid very well. I, I've worked with him a couple of times, but he's got a uh, an interesting story. Um. He was uh, addicted to drugs, homeless, and uh, he's gotten himself clean. He uh, he works. He worked at a detox center in London, Ontario. Anyway, so that was before he was uh, became a comic. I, I thought all know. that stuff happened to you after you became a comic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I thought all that stuff happened, and then you became. That's why you became a comic. Oh. Uh, anyway, he's coming up here in a second. Ah, uh, la 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 la. We should probably take it. Well, you know, you want to do Bodog because I don't know. Uh, I don't know where Scotty Scheffler was. He was the favorite. I thought was he? He was. He was yeah. number one. I don't know if he was the favorite. He was in the top. No, him tier. and John Rom were tied. Were they tied? Uh, yeah. I did not have him in my pool. I did okay in my pool. I don't think I won any money, but I had four or five guys that played pretty well. Um, so let's talk a little bit about Bodog, and then we will. Uh, We'll get to our uh, Gig Sky guest of the day. Yeah, Bo Dog, uh, for all your wagering uh, entertainment, including, well, let's just look at tonight and uh, concentrate on Canada and the uh, Toronto in particular, <clears throat> the uh, uh, Toronto Blue Jays, who blew a 6-1 lead yesterday and lost to the Texas Rangers, are in New York. The start of a first, uh, the start of a four-game series against the New York Yankees. And ladies and gentlemen, it's a toss-up. Okay, it is a toss-up. So just one of the many games you can wager on today. Hey, that game, sorry to interrupt, that game you were at, is that the game where they were down 7-0 and won? Or they tied it up? That was Friday night. I was at the 4-3 game. They won? Yes. Nice. But you know what? I was so disappointed, Howard. My sweet babies, May and John, uh... My daughter and her husband took them to the game yesterday, and they wore their Jays shirts, and John took a glove because they were in the outfield, and May, who loves Ace, the mascot, got a little mascot, and they were there and saw four early home runs from the Jays. Jays jump ahead 6-1, and I thought, what a perfect day for these children. And then it it, it caved in. <laughs> well, you know what? They end up losing 12-6. Yeah. You know, the sooner they get used to that, the better. <laughs> you know, it is... It's... Uh, it's Toronto. 
As soon as they get used to, yeah. uh, you know, incredible uh, disappointment yeah. at every turn. But I saw some pictures. John had a king-size slushie, so he was happy. I guess. Yeah. And I'm sure May had a couple of chocolate bars. So fin- anyway, I'm, whether I'm you're sorry, a sports yeah, better up there. Huh? Finish Pardon? it up. Yes. Hey, uh, whether you're a sports better, a horse racing fan, a poker, a casino player, Bodog, your number one source for online gambling entertainment. From their industry-leading odds, world-class sportsbook, and uh, feature-rich poker room to their fully loaded casino and racebook, they've been providing Canadian players with an unparalleled gaming experience since 1994. And our Gig Sky guest of the day, as he's uh, getting himself settled there, is uh, comedian uh, Jason Allen. And uh, we'll get to Jason in a second. If you're like a lot of people, you're trying to figure out some travel plans, why not think about GigSky? Get the app on Android or iOS and access affordable, affordable? <laughs> access affordable mobile data coverage in over 190 countries using your phone's eSIM. It's easy, it's affordable, and uh, it couldn't be more convenient to stay connected internationally. We both have used it, not only internationally, but also locally. Now, if you're at the cottage, you need to kick up your uh, your coverage. Download the app today and enter the code HF2022 for $5 off your first plan. Or visit gigsky.com for more information. And don't forget to check out the travel rewards also at gigsky.com. As I mentioned, I don't really know our uh, guest today. I Somewhere in the last few years, I know we've done a couple of shows together, and I was always impressed by uh, a couple of things. He's just very honest in his comedy, and he's uh, unassuming and very funny. Please say hi to Jason Allen. Hello, Jason. Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Hey, man, listen, thanks, thanks for getting up early and talking to us. I noticed, well, we, we can talk about the people you've worked with and, and your new album, but I had no idea when I met you. I mean, why would I? I mean, we met on a show, and it's like, hey, I understand you had a drug problem. I mean, really, what comic didn't? But uh, yeah. that was part of your origin story. Did you Were you doing stand-up prior to this uh, your addiction, or was it from your addiction that you became a comic? Yeah, it was kind of from the addiction that I became a comic. So I got into recovery, and then um, I was, like, in, like, 12-step programs and stuff like that, and I'd be uncomfortable. So when i share, I'd try to make it funny. And then before I know it, people, like, in those meetings were like, you could actually do stand-up. But I kind of, like, put it off for a while, and eventually there was, like, a lady who's like, no, I used to actually work in comedy. You could do this. And I kind of like put a bug in my ear and I started writing. And then nine years later, here I am. Wow. So uh, prior to your um, problems, um, there was no inkling to be a stand-up comic? Or did you ever think, were you ever that funny guy at high school or anything? I definitely say I would. um, Or I was in high school and stuff too. Like I could always make my buddies laugh. I guess I thought about it. But again, just because like some of the choices I made in my life... I didn't think about pursuing that because I was struggling with other stuff. But, um, no, I've always loved comedy. I've always been a huge fan. Well, let's talk a little bit about your struggles because I, I want to, you know, it says here in our notes, you're a guy that went from a drug addiction and homelessness to being clean, sober, and owning a home yourself. When you were in your, you know, the years you were struggling, give us some sense of, you know, what that was like. You know, I don't, you know, to, 
mine your pain here, but just give us set a give us right. a sense of it. And also, do you? T- I don't remember your act, Jason, because I know we worked together a couple times. But do you use that in your in your material? Um, I would say like a little bit. I would say more. I talk about like the other end now and me coming out. It's a lot of like. Hey, I look like I'm a sketchy guy, but I'm actually like have a pretty normal life um, kind of thing with like a housewife, pets, stuff like that, working on kids, you know, stuff like that. Um, in everyday life with like homelessness and drug addiction, the main thing is that it's just like it's just kind of dehumanizing. You're just kind of like. You don't feel like you're really a part of society. You feel like you're kind of like on the outskirts. Like you kind of like don't get treated the same. Even like if you have to stay in shelter or stuff like that, you have to do so many things that like a regular person doesn't have to do in their everyday life. Like you might, if you needed to brush your hair or something, you might need to ask them if they have a comb. And depending on budget budget cutbacks or something like that, they might not even have like something for you to brush your hair or like enough towel for you to like dry yourself. It's just a very like dehumanizing. Well, well, how did you get, how did you get to that point in your life? Like what was the drug you were addicted to or drugs you were addicted to? So I, I see there was, there was several drugs, but um, like crystal meth would have been the big one. And that's oh. what can get you to like a place, like a bad place very quickly. Right. Cause it's just like, it's just such a powerful drug. That even though I was a pretty young man, um, it doesn't take very long for it to take you down kind of thing. So. And was it something that you uh, just got, you know, you were into some other stuff and someone said, hey, you want to try this yeah. meth? <laughs> you know, not not to make light of it, but really no, for, for most people, when we're for most people, when we're offered meth, oftentimes we'll say, no, thank you. How often are you offered meth, Howard? <laughs> you know, from time to time when meth is when meth is offered to one. So how, how what were the circumstances the first time you did it? You just went, oh, sure, why not? Really, I was with a friend who was older than me. We were doing other drugs anyways. He kind of like, I always kind of thought of him as like an older brother figure, or like buddy or whatever that I looked up to. He was doing it. I didn't think it'd be a big deal if we did it together. I really, if I had any idea at that time of like how quickly that stuff would grab a hold of me, of course I would have like gone and, in and, a and how, direction. how quickly did it grab a hold of you? Like I was addicted right away. It's, wow. it's right. Away. You just want more. The first time I did it, I was up for nine days. What? Yeah. Nine days. Nine days. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and what is that? Like you said, because there are some drugs and I haven't done meth, but I, you know, I, oh, you know, you? no, I haven't actually. Strangely enough. Brad, I, Brad, Brad. Yeah, oh, I know. Yeah. But listen, I have, I've snorted cocaine <laughs> and I've, sm- right. and I've smoked it. So I know what the, uh, I know that there's an addictive quality oh, yeah. to those, but I've been told that meth is just that times a thousand. It's like, uh, that, that's it. It's just like, I, I kind of thought it wouldn't be that different and then you do it and you're like oh god yeah. we're in a we're in a different world here so crazy Pretty scary um i think you're the first homeless guy we've ever had on the show or a guy who was homeless if my memory serves me correctly now were you homeless in hamilton and grew up in hamilton i believe is that no, the thing? 
Um, London, London, Ontario. Oh, London, Ontario. Right, I'm sorry. Grew but, up in. Jason, I often think that when I see a homeless person, I think they don't know somebody that could take them in. Like, where's their mother? Where's their father? Where's their brother? Their, yeah. their well, a cousin, another, an aunt, uh, an aunt or uncle that could just reach out and help this person. Why do they need to be on the street? There's got to be a, a a bedroom somewhere. Like, what happens? How do you, how do you spiral into that when you have family? It really all depends because some people, like, because I used to also work in social service work, like, after I got clean, mm-hmm. I ended up working in homeless shelters as a social service right, helping others and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And you'd be surprised how many times that there's literally, like, a mother and daughter in the shelter together, or father and son, or, like, whatever combo you want of a parent and literally their kid in it together. So that kid was just raised around drugs and raised in a kind of, like, an abusive home or whatever else. I wouldn't say like with me, that wasn't necessarily the case with me. Like there was some like chaotic stuff in uh, my childhood and uh, there's definitely some stuff I touch on with that, like in the album and stuff like that. Um, but I just didn't feel like growing up. I didn't, I didn't feel like that kind of connection with them to kind of reach out and ask for help a lot of times. Okay. So that was a big part of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that uh, yeah, it's it's sad. Obviously, there's always a reason. But again, a, a naive guy like me who's really never done drugs or can appreciate that lifestyle—that's <laughs> the first thing when I think of a homeless person. They got to know right. somebody that's got yeah. a bedroom. But it's so much more complex than that. Obviously, well, and as Jason says, a, a lot of those people come from a world where, again, we can't yeah. relate to it. it it's mm-hmm. just. So and and when did when was your point? And I guess you get asked this all the time, where you went. Okay, I've had enough now. I'm, mm-hmm. you know, is it like one of those things you see in those memes, the faces of meth that you just couldn't recognize yourself anymore? You knew you were sick and needed help. Was it one moment or was it a series of moments where you went, you know, I should probably figure some other way out? I see for me, it was kind of a bit of a, like kind of an ultimatum at first, but it helped me at least get clean for a little bit and then kind of show me that I could get out of it. What had happened is, um, so I don't, I don't like have a relationship with my blood father. He, he left when I was very young, but I have a stepdad who raised me. And, uh, and my mom's been married like six times. Like they're not even together anymore, but he still stayed in touch with me just like as a good person and uh i guess he was like i didn't realize he's my next of kin at the hospital when i had overdosed and he kind of like giving me this ultimatum of like i can't be in your life anymore if you don't like try to get help and i was like this is like the only guy who was kind of around for me and he didn't even have to be and he's like talking about walking away so i agreed to go to rehab kind Hmm. of like to just sustain that relationship mm-hmm. and, and like you you mentioned that you got clean for a little while just to, and, and and got us your, your sort of head up and, and see, seeing what that was like was did you not get completely clean that time or was that so, on the way to but it was like on the way to like there was right. like like a, a small relapse and then i got right back on track and i've been clean since i was uh since i was 22 so i'm 36 now so I appreciate you talking about this. Like, you know, and, and again, it's not anywhere near, you know, meth, but I, I had stopped drinking about six years ago. And for the first little while when I was doing stand up, you know, I talked about it a little bit. I had a 
I don't know, maybe a few minutes in my act about stopping drinking and, you know, still smoking weed or whatever. And then one night I was on stage with, um, you know, you'd know him if I could remember his name, his whole things about how he quit, quit drinking. Um, my, my point is I, I sort of stopped doing it because it's not really what I'm about. Is it what you're about still? No, I wouldn't say so. Like, I would say, like, to, to me, that person seems so, like, so, so far removed from who I am now. And I definitely am not just up there as, like, the redru- the recovering drug addict right. comedian or something like that. I wouldn't say that that's, like, my act or persona, for lack of a better term at all. So, <clears throat> yeah, uh, well, it's a great story. And, <laughs> I mean, listen, becoming a homeowner is a huge achievement. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Everything yeah. else aside. I mean, you know, yeah, being, a lot being, of people I, that have been point. through. Yeah? Well, I was going to say, as a stand-up comic, owning a yeah. home, did you marry well? <laughs> Not really. He's in social service work, so they don't get paid great either. So, uh, no, not really. I've been very fortunate. And also, we... We got into the market in Hamilton a couple of years ago before things have gotten really crazy. Yeah, yeah. So we're very fortunate. Um, let's talk about the uh, your. This is your very first. Is this your debut album? On uh, it just came out a few days ago. Yeah, it's my full. It's my first full length album. I released a comedy EP a couple of years ago through Comedy Records, and this is the first full length album. And I. Uh, and that's quite a decision. It takes, you know, you got to have a lot of material. And I'm assuming it's nearly an hour long. And and so in this, uh, what is it called and how do we get it? And where do we, where do people get a hold of it? So it's called Known Alias. And it uh, you can find it on all streaming platforms, Spotify, Google, um, iTunes, anything like that, YouTube Music. Find it all those places. It came out April first. Amazing, and uh, like I noticed here, you've worked uh, all the festivals: Just for Laughs, uh, Cottage Comedy, Brantford, etc. And uh, you've opened for a couple of guys. Well, one, Jeremy Hotz is a buddy of ours and friend of mine. Right. But uh, I want to ask about two comedians: Kevin Pollock, who I've loved for a long time. Right. Very, for a lot of people who are, he's not just a stand-up comic, but he's an actor. The great actor. Great yeah. actor. He's been in so many things. Right now, he's the. Uh, I don't know if you people watch Mrs. Maisel. He's like one of the character, one of the main characters on that show. But where did you open for him, and what kind of guy is he? So I opened up for him at the Sanderson Center in Brantford. It was kind of a weird night too because Brantford had, had all these floods the same night as the show. Mm. Uh, so the theater wasn't quite as full as it could have been. But you wouldn't notice, like, any difference from him. Totally cool about everything. Totally understanding. Mostly talking about poker with us in the back. I guess he's a huge poker player and yeah. talked about how these big games coming up and stuff. And he actually, like, likes to play competitively and stuff. And that's, like, so far out of, like, I've never, I've never, that's, like, the one addiction I've never struggled with is gambling. Yeah, right. So I found it, like, very fascinating, but super nice guy and absolutely killed. Just so funny. Yeah, you know, it's funny with those guys, and I've opened for a couple of big comics. I opened for Howie Mandel a couple of times, and, and they just seem like, it's like those level of guys are always so cool about the time. You know what I mean? Like, they don't, yeah. like, they're not, like... 
don't worry, like, you know, do your time. And they're not jealous or weird. It's almost like the guys in the middle of the ones are saying, hey, don't do all that drug stuff. What about uh, Tom Segura, who I absolutely, I'm, he's one of my favorite stand-ups right now. Tom Segura was, was amazing. He was, I was so new when I opened for him, too. Like, I should not have even, I don't know how I, I got into this position. I think only because the show was in London, Ontario, and it's not like we had a bunch of pros out of there. Mm-hmm. But he had, his, he had his first Netflix special out already, completely normal. So he already had a following. This place was packed. And I was like, essentially like having a panic attack downstairs in the green room. I'm like, I'm like, I'm like, it's going to be okay. Right. He's like, oh, it's going to be fun. I'm like, no, I'm like, I'm just saying it to me. He's like, he's like dude, it's going to be so funny. He's like, you're going to do great. And, uh, and, uh, the like host is kind of getting them going. And you hear a couple pops and then he'd be like, listen to that. And he's like, they're ready. They're going to, they're going to love you, man. Isn't and it was, nice? I told him earlier too. Cause he was like, how long have you been doing this? I was so new. I was still counting sets. So I literally said, I was like, oh, it's my 23rd set. And he goes, wow, you're still keeping count. (laughs) (laughs) Then when I finished, I finished my set and it went really well. And I was like super happy with everything. And I walked, he walked by me and he gave me a fist bump and he goes 23 in the bag. And I was like, that's very cool. Yeah. Good for you. Well, good for him. Very cool. Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you, if you're looking for somebody on Netflix some night, Fred, that you've never heard of, but once you see him do his act it's uh it's something else he's he's one of my favorite of sort of again he's famous he's netflix famous meaning you know he's got three or four Mm -hmm. specials lots of people know who he is but those are lots of people who are into stand-up comedy and i hope now that people will pay attention to this jason allen kid jason thank you for your time today Thanks for uh, me, guys. What a pleasure, and uh, you know, good, good luck. luck to you. And I hope we get a chance mm-hmm. to work. I can't remember where it was, but I, I, I remember uh, enjoying your stuff. And thanks for uh, taking some time this morning. Thanks for having me. Thanks, guys. All right, there's Jason Allen. There you go. See, you know, just when you think, hey, I've done it all. Haven't done meth though, huh? Howie, <laughs> take care, man. Just, yeah, just let yourself crazy. up. That's crazy. And, yeah. you know, you hear those stories. How long has he been clean? Did he did that come through? Yeah, since he, well, he's, he, he's 36 now, and I guess he's been clean since his early 20s. Right. How, how recent is the fentanyl phenomenon and danger and infiltration? And I, I don't know, risk? last 10 years or something? Yeah. No, because, you, you know, recovered uh, drug addicts. I often think about that. It's, you know. Did they miss that era where it would have been so easily easy to die? Yeah, you know? well, that's the thing is, uh, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, uh, generally drug dealers and not, you know, the quality control isn't always, you know, a premium. And that's why what happened yeah. with fentanyl was it was starting to creep its way into yeah. Other drugs that were cut with fentanyl, and you never know if you're going to be the person to have a bad reaction. And the next thing you know, you know, yeah. sadly, one of your kids ends up dead. And, you know, it's interesting as much as, you know, I know I've had a little bit more drug experience than you, but I remember telling this to both of my kids and said, you know, there are certain drugs. I'm not going to lie to these people. I, you know, I've tried mm-hmm. weed. I didn't tell them I tried Coke until later, but 
I just remember having those conversations. I said, you know, think about it. You know, you can try your booze and like all kids and have your you know, pot. I said, but there are certain things that if somebody offers you, you just have to know there's no coming back from it. Like mm-hmm. he just described, he, he was addicted to meth after doing it once. And that's scary shit. Yeah. No, it is. It's just, it's frightening, you know, because then you think of the people you love and how vulnerable we can all be for whatever reason. And just, you know, the path you take or the friends you meet or all those things. Yeah. It's crazy. But um, you, you try not to worry about it, uh, you know. Well, and we're all lucky because, you know, your children, my children, you know, went through high school and university and, you know, sort of came out of it not addicted to drugs. And, Mm -hmm. you know, one of my kids doesn't drink at all. Uh, My other daughter drinks a little bit. You know, I know, you know, I haven't spent a lot of time with your son lately, but I have spent a lot of time with your son. And he's, you know, he's not some guy that has a drug issue. Obviously, Melanie doesn't. But, you know, that's not everyone's story. Oh, no. Not every parent has that same story as we do. No, I've been lucky. And, yeah, I've been very lucky as a parent, as you have as well. Because, you know, again, I have friends and relatives that have had Mm -hmm. nightmare stories with their children. And you can just, you know, be thankful. It's weird, eh? With It's funny, you... About the cocaine and, you know, I'm 60, almost 66 years old and I grew up in the environment, the radio environment. I still have, I never, I never, I've never even seen anyone do cocaine. (laughs) Isn't that weird when you think about it? Never. I haven't even seen somebody do it. Yeah, but by the time you were in your mid-20s, you had a baby already at 26, and, and, and yeah, I know. But and, and even though you went out and played baseball and had beers with the, the staff, mm-hmm. you weren't down in the you weren't at, you know, the Phoenix on a Friday night or. Right. You know what I mean? Like my mid 20s were spent in nothing but nightclubs. I spent most of my 20s in dark rooms all over North America, where at the end of the night, yeah. it's one o'clock in the morning and you've got nothing to do again until nine o'clock the next night. You know. You know, given those circumstances, you might have tried it. You certainly would have been around it. Mm-hmm. You know, I tell the story, and this is a true story. I was playing a comedy club in Seattle with a husband and wife team, which is unusual in itself. They were pretty funny, and they were the headliners, and I was the MC opener. At the end of the week, you go into the office, and the manager's there, and he's he gives you your cash. Well, I walked in, and I didn't realize that you know, the other, the headliners were in there ahead of me getting paid, or so I thought. And I saw on the table was a bunch of money and a bunch of bags of Coke because they were taking out some of their pay in grams of cocaine. Jesus. And, and that, not that that was common, but it wasn't, it didn't freak me out. I wasn't like, oh, well, this is weird. I, I guess because mm-hmm. the manager was also a small time dealer and he'd hooked him up with some Coke, but I, it was just a, I was around it so much that at some point I was like, I have to stop because, you know, it's a fun, you know, it's a fun experience for a while. And then it becomes, you know, pretty dreadful for anyone who's well, done like it. like from the old pioneer days, you know, guys would be paid a little cash and maybe a bag of rice, you know. <laughs> So, to feed their family. Here's, here's some money. Here's some yeah. corn. Yeah, here's, here's a bag. Some here's corn a sack flour. of corn. Yeah. That's right. 
Maybe that's what it was. Maybe it was a one uh, of like a bread starter. Maybe it was one of those one like a yeast. Here's your uh, money. Here's some yeast. Um, oh, the same okay. club, by the way. I I worked this club and. and I was on the West Coast, a place called Swanee's Comedy Underground, right near the old Kingdom in mm-hmm. Seattle. I know it's been renamed and it's called something else, but I worked that. I, I don't know if you remember this story, but I opened for a week for Rosie O'Donnell. Wow. Yeah. And at the time, this was like 85, 6. She was only famous for having been on a sitcom. And I can't remember which one she was on, but yeah, I spent seven days. I didn't see her much because, you know, I would open the show, bring up the next comic, then uh, do some more time and bring her up. And I never really, she didn't hang with us. She had her own people. But I, uh, yeah, it's funny. I think well, back you on You were that. pretty hot at the time. I'm surprised she wasn't all over you. <laughs> yeah, it was. Well, first of all, yes, I wasn't her brand. And I and I was certainly oh right I forgot I forgot that she's a gay woman right yes uh, but you, you were so hot you could have turned a gay I person could, uh, yeah. straight so many oh, of yeah. them oh yeah I could tell you listen I could tell you a story it's funny that club I I played that club quite a bit because I was living in Los Angeles and I would come up to Vancouver and I would play Vancouver Victoria Seattle Portland Phoenix and then I would go home I'd be on the road for four or five weeks at a time. And in some of these places, you got to stay in a hotel, and some of them you stayed in a uh, condo with the other comics. Oh, Jesus. Oh, yeah. And so this is true. Like most anyone listening that knows stand-up, so you're given your bedroom assignments based on where you are on the show. So the headliner... (laughs) (laughs) It's fucking wild. So the headliner gets the big bedroom. The middle act gets... The a, a bedroom, and if you're the opener right. like I was, sometimes you don't get a bedroom. You get the pull-out cut couch. Oh, fuck. And, and I've, I had the pull-out couch a, couch a couple times in, in the States. So there was a woman who was headlining, and this was the same club. It was, And it's a Monday through Sunday club, meaning it's like open every night of the week, and the show mm-hmm. turns around on Monday. So I'm, we did our first show together on Monday, and she and I you know, sort of could feel there was some attraction by Wednesday. And I was on the couch <laughs> by Wednesday. Oh. I'd got to move into the room and I stayed oh. there. Yeah. I stayed there in the headliners room for the rest of the weekend. Cool. Oh yeah. It was a, so it was cool for a couple of reasons. One, I had like a, a Seattle girlfriend for a week, but mo- more importantly, I got to sleep in a bed. Right. Oh yeah. Oh Yeah. That's uh, you know, that's uh, it's funny. Eh? Yeah, Memories. I was going to say when when my grandkids say, "Dad, Grandpa, tell me about your life in the in the twenties." I said, "Oh well, Grandpa's got some stories." Um, tell me about banging the headliner. <laughs> <Grandpa>? <laughs> oh, it's funny. What was Grandpa like? Well, he did some lines. He did. He definitely did some coke. Uh, Frederick, Freddie, yes. Let's uh. Let's have a little. Well, let's talk a little bit about some nice people here. I I want to. I haven't played this for a while. I really like this song. Here we go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about the Chamber Plan, yo. Canada's number one group benefits plan for small business. The official name, ladies and gentlemen, is Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan. We've told you about it for a long time now. 
Uh, the Chambers of Commerce Group Insurance Plan is a bunch of small companies together. I have uh, the profile of a large company. They can go out and uh, purchase insurance products at a very reasonable price, and they do a great job at keeping premiums down, which is very important for small business. If uh, you've thought about this, listen, be proactive. Do something about it. Chamberplan.ca is where to go. You can get a free quote today. Find out what all those products are. I mean, the very basic stuff about prescriptions and dental, but all sorts of other programs involved. Other products involved, like the Teladoc system. Hey, they offer like an HR element to this thing. It's great. And now, mental health. After COVID, big issue. It's all there. Find out what is available. Chamberplan.ca. Yes, my friend. Yes, indeed. I know you. Health Gauge is uh, what we're all wearing, the Health Gauge Phoenix. If you haven't figured it out by now, it really is, especially for, I'm going to say it, especially for the older folks listening. I mean, I almost before I had the watch, I would see people that had these, you know, fitness watches. And my daughter has one, pretty expensive one, whatever. And I thought, you know, is that really necessary? But until and, and that was until this came along because what it does is it this this particular item for older people is monitoring not just the steps you're taking or the calories you burn, but things that are really important to your day to day health monitoring, your heart rate, your blood pressure. You know, I mean, a lot of us have, you know, you go to shoppers and you check your blood. Well, you can do that or your blood pressure. You can do that every day with the uh, Health Gauge Phoenix. And now get 15% off at checkout. Humble Fred HD is how you do it at healthgauge.com. And any, I've been corresponding with some listeners, Freddie, that have had a, a couple of questions about the watch. And the, you know what's cool is that the um, support, the tech support, is, is always top notch and, and it's never seems to it never fails whenever I send a note to somebody they always get back to the listeners uh, and answer their questions so go check it out yourself if you've been wondering now's a great time to do it healthgauge.com humble Fred HG for 15% off at checkout I want to get back to the masters from a different angle uh, I just got a note from Boone apparently everyone heard the Kershaw I guess uh Boone was saying that the Stafford Kershaw story, I guess that was common knowledge. I thought it was kind of cool. Anyway. Well, it is very cool. And that's why a lot of people heard about it, because it was a cool story. Yeah. Where did you hear about it? Uh, Fraser. <clears throat> I hadn't, Fraser and I were oh. talking. He goes, hey, did you know? And I was like, what? I got to tell Fred. Where did he hear it? I must have heard it on the CBS. <clears throat> What's interesting mm. about golf, though, for me, for a million things are interesting, but... Unlike other sports, the Masters would be, you know, for a lot of us, the our favorite golf tournament to watch for a lot of reasons. For me, it's, and I was saying to Rachel yesterday, and I, I think back to watching it with my dad and, you know, the 50 years I've been involved in golf and et cetera, et cetera. But part of the cool thing about the sport, unlike other sports, is that today I can go golf. And, and the Masters, for a lot of uh, people who live in the Northeast, is kind of like, you know, the sign of spring. And usually around this time in, North, in the Northeast, most golf courses are starting to open up. And I was thinking about you, and I was thinking, well, if your favorite sport is hockey or your favorite sport is football, you watch the, um, the Super Bowl, it's not like you go out the next day and you can play football. 
when the Stanley Cup is over, you're not going to play in your, you know, you could, but you're likely to go play in your rec hockey league. Whereas golfers get this kind of supercharged, you know, exciting, you know, uh, whatever, historic, uh, nostalgic Uh experience. And then we get to go and play today. Or this weekend, and you know, unless it's seven degrees, you know what I mean. I just think there's something about that that's sort of unique to the sport. That you know, on that and the fact that you can learn things while you're watching, that's a whole other conversation. But I just thought it was interesting that the most important tournament in our sport, or one of them, is sort of precedes the opening of your season of playing that sport. Yes, good observation. No, so thank true. you. Thank you very much. Even you, like you're going to, you mentioned before the show that you're going to start to, you know, look at some places to go play and. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes. Although I'm looking at the two week forecast. I mean, there's a couple of days here, but I would like it to be above 10 degrees. I'd actually like it to be above 16 actually before I play, but I don't want to be uncomfortable. See, you, no. you don't mind being a bit uncomfortable because you love the sport so much. And I'm uncomfortable all the time anyway. So. Part, part of my, the attraction to me is, the, again, the camaraderie and the, and the weather. And I don't want to be cold on the golf course. I don't care about it that much. You know what I mean? So When you were in Florida? I'll wait it out. Yeah, I hear you. When you were in Florida, did you, you played on some days that weren't perfect. Oh, yeah, but like... The down days were like fourteen, fifteen. Yeah, yeah. No, I know. And it's different because you're there and sunny. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to. Pl- I don't want to be uncomfortable. And, and you know, like I wanted to play today because of the, you know, because of what I just said. It's a day after the Masters, and it's kind of like, you know, it's it doesn't always line up where the day after that tournament our course opens. Mm-hmm. And I got a pretty good fill of golf in the month of February, and so I'm not, like, jonesing for it. And honestly, if it were any colder than it is today, I wouldn't play. Like, it's supposed to be 10 or 11 this afternoon. I'll have some layers on. Tomorrow's going to be 16. But I don't want to play when it's 7 degrees. I I just, I find it uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The problem is we live here, and, you know... You know, if you don't play much in April, uh-huh. May can be sketchy. So you really only have sort of like those June, July, August, September, and then it's sort of starting to be shitty again. What I definitely don't want is wet feet. Yeah. When I'm golfing. I don't. And I'm being quite seriously. It's just, you know, if it's really dewy or the the course is a bit soggy because it's the spring and you step in the wrong place and your foot gets wet, foot's my whole day off. Yeah. My whole day is off. No, I hear you. Well, we don't want you to be wet or soggy. Plus, you like to walk. I mean, I know. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it. Yeah, and I'm going to walk today, even though my foot hurts. Um, but I may not walk all 18 holes. Hey, um, I, I just wrote a note here. You know who Jamie Campbell is, right? Isn't he yes. like the play-by-play guy for the Jays? Yes. I just saw something today. You know he's not well? Howard, I already asked Boone to get him on the show. Okay. Is he on getting Friday night? Pardon me. Is he recovering or is he uh, in treatment? Well, he's in. He has leukemia. Yeah. And um, Friday night, um, he stopped down. They had a segment where it was just him on camera, and he said, "Listen, I just want to be honest with everybody. I've been struggling with this, and I'm undergoing treatment, but 
I don't plan on missing any work, and uh, let's have a great season, everybody. And I thought I got the chills and the shivers because I thought, oh my! Again, we t- we all take so much for granted. Yeah. You never know what's around the corner, and he loves his job so much. He for a couple of years he actually did the play by play on TV, um, and then to have that happen, you know, and so sort of brave, and he's gonna you know face it head on and continue to work and. I said to Boone right away, I said, man, maybe come on with us and talk about it one morning. So hopefully that happens. Okay. Yeah, I just, I, I, you know, I know who he is, obviously. I just hadn't heard that. I just saw on the, on Twitter, some, um, on the feed, him putting up a, a, mm-hmm. a note from a fan saying, you know, we're all with you and et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. You know, again, you know, I sit here and I complain about the weather. Yes, you do. No, seriously, in the little things day to day that aggravate you and just that is so humbling because tomorrow I could find out I have leukemia and then just the the crossroads or the detour that that takes you on that you just don't plan on. And Which I, is why if you have a few extra beers or you have the home fries or you have a hot dog, I know. You know, enjoy those and, you know, pay $12 for a beer. Like, seriously. That's right. You know, have five of them. Yeah. And again, you just look beyond principle. You get to the point where, you know, that stuff really doesn't matter anymore. It's the actual event or the moment that means more than the money. And Oh, I'd say. You know, yeah. And I mean, that's an evolution, right? It just is. And again, it's a different perspective and more and more. And I think you're the same way, but... Lately, and I hear a thing about Jamie Campbell. Again, the mortality is more and more in your mind. Mm-hmm. It just is, and uh, and I'm not kidding. Like I'm being completely no, I know you're serious not. now. It's just uh, you get you know you get to a point you think, hey, that could happen to me. And the older you get, you're more susceptible to things. So, and you never know. So, in the moment, ah, take this attitude, or as Peter Griffin used to say, "Fuck it, soon we'll all be dead." That's right. You know, and, you know, I, I, I sometimes, you know, not that I was feeling guilty about it because, you know, I just thoroughly enjoyed every minute of all the coverage I watched this week. I, I, it's way more than I normally do. And I just mm-hmm. loved it. You know, I watched, you know, I watched some of the pregame. I watched all the coverage. I watched the postgame. I just soaked it all in because I really like it. Mm-hmm. And, it, and it makes me happy, and I enjoy the the details. I also enjoy the, you know, watching the skill level of these people and, and whatever a little bit I can relate to it. And the fact that I've been doing it for so long, that I've been mm-hmm. watching this thing for... Sure. for and and the, unlike... Listen, they play the Super Bowl in different places every year. The Stanley Cup Finals are in different arena, arenas. And Not most, Toronto. No, of course. Mm-hmm. And... Um, and most golf tournaments are at other, but this one's been at the same place for the entire time I've been alive, you know, and, and it's just neat to sort of see this one place that never changes, but it, it's changed so much in our lifetimes. The fact that I, you know, again, the fact that I know that Scotty Scheffler's second of four putts yesterday was from the exact same spot that Tiger hit his putt in, in 90. I just know that it's, it's like weird, but you know, I, 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 at some point, I thought, am I really going to sit here on this couch for another seven or eight hours? And I'm like, fuck it. I don't do this very often. And I, you know, I took the stand out and we went for a walk and I got some air, but I didn't care. 
You know, I watched it until I was watching it until nine o'clock last night. Nine o'clock. Yeah. How? Well, because what happened? In, huh? Because after it's over on CBS, there's another two hours of a- oh. analysis on the Golf oh. Channel. Well, I say I was I was on to uh, <laughs> sixty minutes after the green jacket thing. Yeah, Boone uh, says the Zelensky uh, interview is pretty good. Yes, it was very well. All his interviews are very good. It's just uh, you know he's uh, he's a he's a freaking hero. Yeah. Uh, you know what I said, doll, on Friday. Speaking of passion for sports and events and everything, I said to her, doll, you know I I, I keep. I, I got the butterflies every so often today, and then I'm I'm wondering why. And then it hit me: the Jays' home opener was on TV that night at seven o'clock. Like I had this built-in anticipation; I was so looking forward to it with this the season and the team and everything. <laughs> I had the butterflies. Isn't that great? On Friday, and uh, I can relate to that kind of stuff. You know, uh, sports will do that to you. Sure, and I don't have nearly the passion for baseball that you do for uh, golf. You know, but you know, it's what can. But your your passion for the Leafs, you know, may they rest in peace, and the Jays is similar in that you know there was a lot of talk about the Jays home opener back in '77. You know, there's a lot of nostalgia for Toronto fans and highlights of their season, and I saw some of that stuff. And that's what sports does. It reminds you know, it kind of puts us in a place, especially nowadays. You know, it kind of takes your mind away from the everyday. And, you know, listen, I, I know it's silly, but I don't care about golf as much as you might think. But I just, I, I find it fascinating that it connects so many parts of my life. Um, and so does, you know, the Blue Jays and the Leafs for you. I mean, you know, you you know where you were in 1977 and you know what the Jays coming to Toronto meant. And that's all part of the experience. Yeah, and I'm not bullshitting. Uh, April 7th, 77, I was in the stands. I mean, I often say that. I, well, I was at Joe Carter's home run and Argo's uh, uh, ending their drought, but I was. And that was one of the events I was at. April 7th, had shitty seats. April 7th, 1977, in the snow. First Jays game. It was cool. Was that the very first Raptors game ever? I don't have... Uh, I was at the... Well, I, because I was with you, I was at the last... Leaf game at Maple Leaf Gardens and the first Leaf game at whatever it was called in those days. Yeah, we did a CFNY promotion. Yeah. Mm hmm. That was that. pretty cool. Mm hmm. But that's the funny thing about sports and, you know, not just unique to golf, although golf has a through line that is, I guess I'm not saying easier to follow, but, you know, you can go back and see where, you know, where the, what the course looked like when Nicholas won. What did it like, look like in 97 when Tiger won? What does it look like now? And et cetera, et cetera. And the fact that Tiger Woods, you know, the fact he even played was, you know, pretty phenomenal. And even, you know, people from outside of the sport of golf were just blown away by the fact that he could, you know, get out of a hospital bed. This time last year, he hadn't walked yet. You know, you look at those pictures of the accident in February of 2021. You know, he was going to lose his foot, which would make it hard to golf. <laughs> you know, you got to have a foot down. You know, seriously, having no foot, you got nothing. Well, I, I, I guess it goes without saying, doesn't it? No, you really. Well, yeah. Well, they could have made him one. He has the money. 
Well, that's what I. You said that. I thought, well, if he did lose, if the foot, would they Tiger buy a new foot from somebody? Oh, they'd come up with something. Somebody would offer their foot to Tiger? <laughs> Although he was laboring a bit. Oh, yeah. By Sunday, he was in some trouble. But it's funny, it didn't affect his full golf swing. His full golf swing looked great. He, uh, he did not putt very well. I've never seen anything like it on Saturday. He three-putted three times and four-putted once. I, 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 it's, it's ridiculous. I've never seen anything like it. But it was cool seeing him play, and uh, certainly bodes well for him going forward. Do you think he's the kind of guy who... Uh is really upset with himself after after all of that or do you think he would go you know i'm i got back in the game i'm uh, feeling good about what i did i'd say uh 10 years ago he what it was a different human being like now he's got some gratitude but yeah he was traditionally not the kind of guy to appreciate that kind of thing but you know he's 46 now and you wow, don't get a little perspective got, yeah this calls for a whole lot of perspective it's I don't think I think he was just glad that he could play. Yep. And yes, he struggled. And this isn't a case of a guy embarrassing himself because he stayed in too long. He yeah. has an excuse. He had the injury. He's still capable. So I think all in all, even though he would be he did he certainly didn't embarrass himself. No kidding. I mean, to that point. Yeah. After the first round, he was in the top 10, which was yeah. ludicrous. And yeah. after the yesterday's round, you know, the list of people he beat is pretty impressive. I mean, the guy's 46. He's got a, a, a fused back. He's had a multiples, a multiples of operations. And he beat 15 or 20 guys in their 20s and 30s that are amongst the best players right. in the game still, which is also weird. And I think he, he will be like um, Gretzky and Lemieux. When, when it's time, I, he'll bow out. I really believe that. Yeah, I do you too. Know, he, he won't hang on. It'll be like, you know, great career. I can't do this anymore to the level that I want to. So rather than just stick around and take the spotlight off others, I'll, it's time for me to go. And very, I agree. And, you know, it's funny. Back to Gretzky, I, I thought of something about this Scotty Scheffler kid. And, and it's interesting because I don't know much about the guy. I mean, I've seen him for the last couple of years. He's been around the tour. He was the rookie of the year. On this tour, he was the rookie of the year on the development tour. And then you find out, like Gretzky, he was the best at every level he was ever from a peewee, right? Mm-hmm. Like, you know, you, you hear those stories of Gretzky going out and playing peewee hockey and scoring nine goals and, you know, just being dominant as a child. Well, this kid, apparently the story is out of the 130 or so kid tournaments he entered. He's won, he won 90 of them. Like, he's just been like, like a lot of athletes just good for as long as he's been playing that sport and i you know gretzky brady jordan you know you find out that there was a special they're in tiger you know they're just different different human beings talk about special would, we would have, tiger have made any money on the okay we'll go ahead fred first and dan go ahead no you uh, dan ahead. first and fred doesn't matter what i oh, oh i was, did 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 tiger uh make any money uh were he placed yeah are you out of the money by that point no 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 if you make no. the cut you're gonna make money i don't know what he would have made no he had, he had to pay them yeah uh, yeah but you know dan that tiger's got some other money he's probably pre- doing pretty uh, yeah. good yeah would any of his sponsorship have wrapped up during the time that no. he was away from the no, game no no no, no. <laughs> he's still no gold he's still gold um 
to answer, Freddie, go ahead and ask your question while oh, I no, find no, out I how much Tiger say, won. We, you, you talk about special athletes. We were talking about this during dinner on Saturday night watching the Leaf game. It's, it's just so weird for Toronto Maple Leaf fans t- to get their head around the fact that we actually have a bona fide superstar. Yeah. Honestly, as long as I've watched the Leafs since I was 10 years old, we have never had a superstar. We've had star players, but not superstars. And Austin Matthews is a clear-cut superstar. In fact, to me, he's the best player in the league right now. All-round player, he's even better than McDavid. McDavid does some offensive things better, maybe, than, um, like, you know, a flashy shit. But as Mm -hmm. far as both ends of the rink, overall player, I think he's the best in the NHL right now. And he's ours. Like, Like, it's hard to get your head around that. And he's not just the best player in the league. He might be one of the best players to come along in quite some time in oh, the league. Oh, no, exactly. Yeah. And then we said, and then look at, and then with the Blue Jays, with Vladimir Guerrero, we may have the best player in baseball, too, here in Toronto. And, and this is, it's Guerrero, crazy. isn't his dad also, wasn't Guerrero's dad also a... Yeah, Vladimir. Vladimir. Vladimir right. Guerrero, uh, senior, played right, right, for right. the Expos, actually. Yeah. And then, uh, and then in California. Dan, to answer your question... Eldrick Tiger Woods made 43000 And by the way, uh, some big kudos to a kid named Corey Connors from Listwell, Ontario, where, they, you know, where the Letterkenny guys are from. For the third year in a row, he's made another top ten at the Masters, and he would be sort of the guy they talk about him on on the coverage yesterday probably one of the guys more likely to have a chance to win this pretty quickly he's done really really well there this year he finished tied for sixth and dan yep a tie for six gets you five hundred and twenty one thousand dollars really wow second first place was 2.7 second place 1.6 huh and, um, yeah, Corey Connors made uh, half a million dollars yesterday. So, so where he placed, Tiger would actually get a check for 43000 Yes, that was, uh, Tiger was 47th place. Wow. That's table dance money. What? <laughs> 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 yeah, that is what that is. All right, Dan. Um, Dan yeah, only at the nicer clubs. Though, oh, the nicer clubs. yes. <laughs> yes, he gets a lot of table dances. <laughs> Uh, Dan, we have a guest right now. Uh, I uh, was going to try and squeeze. And there's we Mike. started talking golf. We got talking <clears throat> golf. Michael Clausen's here. So, Mike, Dan, we're going to talk to Michael, and then we're going to talk to you. So, God. please stand by. All righty. Hello, Michael Clausen, real estate Hello. agent. How are you, my friend? Did you watch any of the uh, golf yesterday? A little bit. Not enough. All Not right. enough, fortunately, no. Um, welcome to our program, Michael Clausen. How are things? That, you know, it's one of the things people love to talk about is real estate. Yeah. Uh, give us a little bit of uh, background uh, where you're at. Where do we? Uh, where is your jurisdiction, and what's this market all about? Yeah, uh, well, my uh, company is Eleven Eleven Real Estate Services. I'm the broker of record and partner, and we sell for builders. So we're a little different. We don't we don't we don't do resale. We don't sell existing homes. We just sell for builders, and uh, predominantly in uh, the Niagara region, Kitchener Waterloo, uh, a lot of homes, a lot of low rise and condos. Well, how does that work, Michael? Because I see you know now with uh, such a hot market, these pavilions open up and they 
and they go to sell homes and people are lined up out front. So where do you fit into that? You'd think almost think yeah. they'd sell themselves, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, the market has been uh, very much like that lately uh, for the last year or so. Uh, so we're the listing brokerage. So the builder would hire us to sell the entire subdivision or the entire condominium. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. and so we would be the ones organizing those lineups. Okay. Oh, I get it. Yeah. And and yeah. You, as you say, Michael, predominantly in the Niagara, or you call it the Niagara pre-construction market, mm-hmm. Um. What's that market like versus this market here in Toronto where we are? Yeah, well, uh, the basic difference would be Toronto is, for pre-construction, mostly just condominiums. Right. As an option. You know, the pre-construction home doesn't really exist in Toronto anymore other than an infill house. So Niagara, outlying areas sort of outside of that Toronto proper, you can get a detached home, you can get a townhouse, you can get a stack townhouse. You've got a lot more options. Mm-hmm. You can still get a condo as well. Absolutely. But that would be the main difference. Well, that and cost. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, let's, <laughs> I, I look, I, you, you should tell everyone this price comparable that I'm looking at here. Right. Uh, I'm not sure which one you have, but well, I've got the a price few, of a one so. bedroom condo in downtown Toronto. So, price of a one bedroom pre construction condo these days is about 800000 uh, depending on where you're located in the city. And uh, I'd be happy to sell you a three-bedroom <laughs> detached home. Uh, wow. That. <laughs> Isn't that something? Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty crazy these days. And I guess, you know, Niagara is getting, as you say, hot and will get hotter. Now's the time to jump in because I've often thought it's so... I mean, they even get spring earlier than we do. But again, the proximity to the United States, wine country, you know, attractions, golf, all that kind of stuff. It really is the place to be. Those really are huge attractions for mm-hmm. people. Uh, the, the pace of living, the cost of living mm-hmm. is substantially lower. Uh, like you said, you've got all sorts of options for wineries and golf courses. And you're just across the, the bridge to the United States. Uh, anybody traveling within the states, it's very easy to go to Buffalo and get around, and it's a lot cheaper getting a flight out of Buffalo, as I'm sure many people know. Uh, it's it's a beautiful area to live in, and the baby boomers love it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a, that's a massive portion of the market, and they're there now, and they're also moving there from the GTA. It makes sense for them. They can cash out of, you know, a house that they've had for 30, 40 years in Toronto, obviously, lots of equity in that and buy themselves a beautiful house in niagara and enjoy their retirement years yeah i know a couple of couples that have done that one uh, uh like a golfing couple and they love it they bought into one of these places right on a golf course and you know and yeah. bought it for like half of what they sold their place here in brampton for mm-hmm. and uh, they're yeah. loving it yeah. and, and just to be clear we're talking to michael clausen it's 11 11 realty.ca that's right. Yeah. So the number one four times. So the number one, one, but yeah. One, one realty.ca. And I'm looking at your website, which is great. Um, and it says, we are your residential pre-construction listing brokerage. Yes. I just want to talk a little bit about it. And it's not in the notes, but it's something that comes up a lot when we're talking about, you know, we're a little older than you are. And we think about, you know, and now it's become so expensive to live in the GTA. What are the options for people? And talking to you i I get a sense that that is a real option for somebody that's trying to buy a home as opposed to a box in a tower somewhere 
Um, mm-hmm. But still, you know, the, the average price of $800,000 is a lot of dough for people. And, it is. Uh, Sorry, go ahead. No, you know, no I, so I, I'm not really sure what my question is going to be, but for somebody in the business, you know, uh, has that number been a barrier for a lot of people? It has, and, and, and pricing across... We like to call it the GGHA, which is the Greater Golden Horseshoe, which really runs from Oshawa to Niagara to Kitchener-Waterloo to Barrie. You know, pricing across that region is driven by Toronto. So this is why you've seen such an exodus over the last couple of years, especially with COVID and people not having to go into the office as much. You know, why stay in the downtown core mm-hmm. when you can... You can commute once a week or even less. You're doing everything as by Zoom these days, as we all know. You know why not cash out and get the land, get the house that you that you want to raise your kids in or retire in. So uh, we have a lot of options within those areas, and that that's what we specialize in. You know, we sell for builders, and and we we do a very good job as far as selling out their product is concerned. And, mm-hmm. No, it's uh, it's very attractive for a lot of people. It's not just the cost difference itself. There are other benefits to it, such as one land transfer tax outside of Toronto's proper. You know, that's a massive savings. Uh, Michael, answer me this because it's been a big issue. And uh, in the recent federal budget, they announced that uh, they are going to restrict or eliminate or cancel or prohibit foreign ownership for the next two years. What's your perspective on that? Because I know a lot of people seem to lean on that. You know, there's money coming in from outside of the country driving prices up. What do you think of that? Uh, to be honest, I don't think that's going to have a huge effect on the market. Uh-huh. Uh, I think that sometimes get a, gets a little bit overblown as far as how much of the market that actually is. Right. You know, uh, we see maybe less than 5% of our yearly deals come from international buyers. Mm-hmm. Uh, there, there's always ways around it. Typically, an international buyer probably already has family members here, so it's pretty easy to just buy through their family member. Right, right. But it's just, I don't see it as a as having an enormous impact. The okay. one new policy that they are proposing in the budget that I think could have a big impact is the 4 or $5 billion that they're proposing to uh, help municipalities fast-track approval processes because the real issue here is supply mm-hmm. that's the problem we've got the demand we just don't have the supply it takes far too long for builders to get their projects through the planning departments of municipalities get them approved get them to the point where companies like us can sell them and then of course get them built so that's really the backlog at the moment so if they if they can actually help fast track that across the province that will make a massive difference okay um michael Clausen, 1111 those are the numbers 1111realty.ca you know often you know especially in my neighborhood here on the queensway there's so much pre-construction you know this weekend uh, this project is open and this is what you do with the pre-construction listing brokerage i've always wondered what should somebody typically expect if I go into one of these, uh, you know, things where they a bunch of, you see a bunch of people lined up to try and get that condo or in your case, a detached home in Niagara? Typically, what are people putting down or what is required 
Is that a stupid question? Because I'm, I'm always wondering, is it a lot? Is it a little? Is it just a, a tiny bit to hold it or what? So that's a great question. Thank actually. you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> and that and that is really the main difference between buying a resale home and buying a pre-construction home. And this is what really opens up opportunities for first-time buyers. Because in Toronto and the GTA, you know, the average house is now over $2 million. So anything over a million dollars, you have to have a minimum 20% down. Okay. Per and you've got to come up with that two, three, four hundred thousand dollars $400,000 in equity in the next three or four months for your closing date. That's obviously a substantial amount of money for a lot of people, definitely for first-time buyers. In pre-construction, you'd be looking at anywhere from 10 to 15% spread out over a year to a year and a half would be an average deposit structure. So that's a massive difference in actual funds that you have to come up with and the timeline. And if you're talking about condominiums, you may have to come up with an extra 5%, but that would be at occupancy. So you're, you know, you're three, four, five, six years down the road. So on a home, you're looking at about two years for the build at today's timelines and they're probably 10% spread out over a year as a deposit. So using the 800,000, so if I if I'm a first-time buyer, I need 80 grand spread out over a couple of years. Spread out over a year. A year, okay. And it will be a couple of years before I yes, get into my house. Okay. Yes. Yeah, and that's when if you needed 20%, you've put down 10 and if you needed 20 from the bank, you've got another year to save that up and close on the house. But you might get away with 10. Okay. And and speaking of savings, that was another thing in the budget. Again, I, again I, from my perspective, I don't know, you know, good, bad, or indifferent. Your perspective on the tax-free home ownership savings plan they announced, too? I guess it, it can't hurt. Yeah, that that's another nice, uh, nice uh, side of the budget. I think that could help uh, a first-time buyer a lot, you know, mm-hmm. Again, it really comes down to location, where you're buying. If you're buying in Toronto and you're a first-time buyer, the odds are you're going to be getting a gift from family of some sort. You have to, yeah. Same with Vancouver, of course. All the metropolitan, of course. But outside of, uh, you know, in the Niagara, in the Kitchener, Waterloo, in Kingston, you know, Belleville, there's definitely opportunities. And, uh, yeah, that, that, that could definitely help a lot. Well, you know, it's it's interesting. I was thinking while you guys were talking, or three of us are having this conversation, and, and I knew we'd have no trouble talking about this stuff with you because, it's, you know, I've lived here long enough to know that in the GTA or whatever, your region, people love to talk about real estate. I guess, especially when they find out, it's almost, I think it's more fascinating than if they found out you were a doctor because they find <laughs> out you're in real estate. They're like, okay, wait a second. I have some questions. Do you think I'm going to, how much should I put down? Um yeah. And, it's, yeah, and, and you have some great buy high, buy high, sell low stories. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never I have never been on the right side of a real estate deal ever. But of course, I made the worst investment. I got divorced. I tell you right now, if somebody tells you that's a great investment, they're wrong. Um, Michael Clausen, real estate guy. I tell you, 1111. My point is, Michael, we could have endless conversations about this stuff with you. 1111realty.ca. What a fascinating uh, discussion. And tell us, is there anything at the end here that you would like people to, to leave with? Uh, it's 
a good question. Well, I think what you first of all, you don't have to because you made some great points. If you, I'm looking at your website right now, it looks great. All the information's there. If you're looking for pre-constructed uh, pre-construction listing, this is your brokerage, eleven eleven Realty. .ca. And uh, Michael, thanks for taking some time. We appreciate it. Our pleasure. Thank you very much for having me. I know. Thanks, my, um, thanks Michael. That was great. Yeah, I hope very this nice. wasn't too weird. I mean, I, you know, I'm. You're like humble and Fred. Are they still? Are they alive? <laughs> no, I was. I was honored to hear that we were allowed to come on. Thank oh, please! Our doors are open for you, my friend. Yeah, it's tough. Listen, all, and hopefully uh, we'll get a chance to talk again. Sounds great. Thanks, All right, Michael Clausen, one one one, one 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 one, realty Just let yourself out of the room, there, son. Where are people getting their down payments from? That's what I want to know. Are there just a bunch of our kids waiting for us to die? Probably. They're like, hey, could you guys listen? If you're not really going to be around for that much longer, can I have my money now so I can buy a place? Well, I think what you're seeing is a lot of people with tons of equity. Um, you know, there's so many options. A line of credit at a very low interest rate. You do that. You help your kid get in that way. Yeah. Uh, there's people, you know, uh, downsizing and taking a portion of that uh, equity and giving it to their kids and you know, you, you know, it's not, you know, you can get creative and do it. I mean, not everyone's in that situation, unfortunately, but that's what's happening. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, it's, he makes a really good point about not being tied necessarily anymore to a location if that location's too expensive. You know what I mean? Like, I, I mean, other than the fact I like living in the city and I like this location and I like being uh-huh. the proximity to the you know, downtown where my kids live and such. I don't really, because of the mm-hmm. fluidity, fluidity of this operation now, I don't need to be in this room anymore. No, I know. You know, you could live whatever you I want do. now. I just feel bad for those people that, you know, they have to go several miles out of the city to live and still work in the city because commuting can be hell yeah. on any level. I mean, in your car for two, three hours a day or, you know, on a crushed subway train or go train and yeah it's not it's nothing you know it's something i never had to do you had uh, never had to do and i just feel for those that do it's but it's the price you pay and down to howard jesus christ man i hadn't been in the city core for a while what are they building condos like in two months like how long does it take to build a condo how are there all these towers up there that i didn't see well, or you, notice because you haven't Last been here in a i couple, was in the city you haven't been here much in a couple of years no but you drop in the odd time but it's yeah. just wild when you're walking around and you think wow i've never seen that before or this before and it's it's just it's canyons now of condos yeah. well and i know i was gonna say i even notice it you know, because I'll go mainly, you know, most of the summer now, I won't be in the city mm-hmm. as much. And then as soon as the fall comes, I'm like, well, I don't remember that. But I've noticed the thing I really noticed, too, is not just condos, but restaurants that didn't used to be where they are now and whatever happened to that place. And that happens mm-hmm. really it happens, you know, pretty quick. Dan, do you, do you notice much difference when you come in? Yeah, I come in from the east and uh, 
just down down along the uh, the portlands there. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's there's bridges that have been put up there with nothing mm-hmm. around them. It's mm-hmm. like amazing the developments going on down there. What, what what blows me away, and I'm being serious. I was thought of this on Saturday. All these condos, now these big 40, 50 story condos, like everywhere. Where does all the poop go? Like, just think what about do you mean, that. What is it? it goes these, in the sewer th- system. These are tens of thousands of more people living in the city core. How do they handle that? Poopy. Just the sewage alone. Mm. Yeah, because it goes to the, the poo-poo. <laughs> no, but just the infrastructure that's needed and where it goes. And is that a threat to, like, you know, the waste treatment and the lake and yeah. all those things? Yeah, but I, I think it's probably... Well, good question. It's probably mitigated, too, by, you know, a, a number of people that have moved out of the city. You know, maybe all they take their poop with them. I don't know, but it's uh, it's uh, it's something else, man. And it's but you know what they say: the strength of a city is people living downtown, and the more people live downtown, the safer the city is as well. So it's all good from that standpoint. Um, except for the poop. Except for the poop. Well, we don't have. <laughs> I don't have time today, but tomorrow we have a song that our friend Keith Wyland sent us called "Where Does the Poop Go." It's called the penis song. Oh, the penis song. I'm sorry. Uh, sorry. Poop, you know, I'm even peeping. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's tomorrow's show. Uh, Dan Duran, uh, you're here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Dan I Duran here, is here. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I thought maybe before we get to Dan Duran's news today, how about a little message from? No, no, that, that wouldn't have happened no, if I had a message. Not no, that message. No, no, uh, no. Where's your mouse? Where's your mouse? There you got a mouse. Here cursing during your commute again. Speaking of commuting, living at work instead of working from home, couldn't this have been an email? When it feels like all that's left is work hard, you know it's time to play. It's easy to find your next favorite game at Bodog.net. Play free casino games, get poker tips, and check out the latest sports odds. Visit Bodog.net today. Hashtag make a play. And, uh, are you all uh, up to date there, Friedrich? I, 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 I have one more to go. I want to talk. I want to talk about a gentleman uh, named Tim Niblett. Oh, yeah, do it. Do it up. He's the retirement Sherpa. Tim, a uh, portfolio manager. Raymond James, a member of the Canadian Investors Protection Fund. Uh, Tim, a good lad. I mean, you talk about, um, you know, investing. Uh, We were talking about real estate a second ago. Uh, Tim, all aspects of investing. Both sides of the border, licensed in Canada and the United States. Uh, Tim will look at your portfolio if it's an existing uh, thing and uh, give you his opinion on it. No uh, strings attached, no obligation. If you want to start from scratch, he's also the guy to talk to. He's also a very calm man. So, you know, when we're in these peaks and valleys and this roller coaster we've been on, he's the guy that you want to lean on for the best information. He's the Retirement Sherpa, retirementsherpa.ca. And, uh... Well, I I have one more to go, but I will make that uh, the sponsor of this fine feature. Now, here's to a fella named Anduran, a hell of a guy with a hella big wang, the quintessential anchor man. His voice is nice and low. Huh. Anderan, the anchorman comes As for credentials, he has none Can't tell a headline from his bum But his voice is nice and low Danderan, the anchorman's here He's prone to falling off his chair But he's got a big wang So he don't care And his voice is nice and low My voice is nice and low And Danderan's news today, everyone Brought to you by our good friends at GoDaddy GoDaddy, you can find your domain, easily create your website, and finally bring it to life. 
GoDaddy's free and friendly 24-7 support on the phone. That's right. You can speak to a human being helping you every step of the way. You can even start your website for free with GoDaddy. No credit cards required. Visit GoDaddy.ca to learn more. Helping entrepreneurs and small businesses for 25 years. Visit GoDaddy.ca. And now, we're going to visit with GoDaddy. You see the go? Oh, don't! Is that even too cheesy for you? <laughs> I love it. <laughs> you make looking at me like what? I oh, jeez! Go, Danny! Go, Danny! It's your birthday! Go, Danny! Not my birthday. As the Ruskies regroup and get ready to pulverize a different part of Ukraine, mm, I with fucking hate those guys, General. The French are electing and could vote in a far-right nut job. And Canadian federal conservative Chiray and Poiliev are fighting it out over its leadership. That's all happening, but let's go to stupid. Last yes. week, we talked about Madison Cawthorn talking about Washington orgies mm. that he was invited to. On Saturday, pillow freak Mike Lindell thanks Madison for diverting his attention-seeking behavior attention to Madison's attention-seeking behavior. Check this out. And I'll tell you, Carrie, never be afraid. When they start attacking in the news, when the media starts attacking, just embrace it. It's like having a family of friends every day. Now, here's the media attacks me every day. But you know what? I told that. I told Madison, Madison Cawthorn, I think it's Cawthorn. I told him in back. Remember, a week ago, everybody, they were attacking him for um, he said something about uh, the porno things or whatever with the with the Republicans, right? So they're attacking him, and I told him, I said. Thanks, Madison. I said for three days you were the top of the news, so I could get stuff done, and they went to. <laughs> That's a good way to look at it. Harry, you know you've been in the media. Uh, you know, Dan, Fred. Yeah. I believe it's Fred. Uh, like that. So I, pathetic. Yeah, I, I've got a bit of audio too, and it kind of mm-hmm. ties in. How can anyone listen to these people and not think they're the stupidest fuckers in the world? Like, I just don't understand that. Those are people that are looked up to. Anyway, Howard, because they are simpletons and the whole basis of this is racism. Oh, yeah. You know, Mike Lindell, he's on that side. They don't care what he says. They just know they're on his side. And the seed of it all is racism and intolerance. These are simpletons. That's why you overlook what he says. That's why you'd look at him and don't think, oh, he's nuts. You don't care what he say. He's he's on your side. He's your guy. He's part of that. And that cult, yeah. That evil cult. Did you that's guys see where it? it comes from. Is Madison Cawthorn, not only is he the orgy guy, but is he the young kid in a wheelchair? Yeah. Okay. So at a church. Oh, I didn't know he was in a wheelchair. Yeah, he's a wheelchair guy. Oh. So at a, at a rally, one of the rallies, maybe it was the Trump rally, whatever it was. At one point, he's helped by two people, and he's got those arm crutches things. And he's helped out of his wheelchair, and he's standing up at the podium. And there's all these people reacting like it was a miracle that he got out of his wheelchair. But, yeah. mm-hmm. but he can get out of his wheelchair. But they're making it seem like because of Jesus, and we're going to get to him in a second. <laughs> but because of Jesus, somehow yeah. it was like a miraculous moment. And I'm like, how fucking dumb. Well. How dumb are these people? Yeah. And yeah. and what you said about 
It's it's the seed is racism, and I'm and unfortunately, Dan, a lot of that intolerance comes from religion. Here's a Republican candidate who is speaking this weekend. She's uh, running for uh, something. Listen to this. My, my slogan is Jesus, guns, and babies. Je- First of all, my slogan is Jesus, guns, and babies. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine if we were some fucking here in Etobicoke West, if somebody knocked on your door from a political party and went, hi, my slogan is Jesus, guns, and babies. Mm-hmm. The fuck are you talking about? My, my slogan is Jesus, guns, and babies. Jesus, because that's our First Amendment right. It's the right to worship Jesus Christ freely. It's why we have a country. Don't talk to me about separation of church and state. Church and state was written because the state has no business in our church. But we are the church. We're the church, and we run the state. And George- Hear that? We are the church. And we run the state. Just sovereign, and we're running this state with Jesus Christ first. And now here comes the racist part. Wait for it. The good thing about the First Amendment is if you're a Jew or you're a Muslim or you're a Buddhist, you still get to worship your God. If you're a Jew or you're a Muslim or you're a Buddhist, you can worship your God, but guess what? Ours is better. Because you're in America, but you don't get to silence us. I'm sick of political correctness. It's- I'm sorry. Are there are the Jews silencing her somehow? I didn't get that message. Anyway, it goes on and on. And that's the thing, you know, Jesus Christ, but just so full of he- evil and hate. And like, and I'm not. Listen, I can't stand it when the race card is used. Really, because sometimes the race card is used, and it shouldn't be. And you know, it 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 you know it's like the boy who cried wolf thing we we know all about that and we've seen examples of it this isn't that mm-hmm. the whole movement is based on race intolerance racism mm-hmm. that's what it, white privilege want, not wanting to lose that yeah and it, it, that's it like i again come on the show and tell me where i'm wrong but see though no None of them have the guts to come on and have that yeah. debate. And and again, I'm not beating up on religion, Dan, but I am. Um, no, I know I get it, but also it's it's perverting the original message that's in the Bible. I mean, you can take you know small passages here and there, but they, you know, like guns. I mean, that's not uh, Jesus. His original message is about peace and and uh, caring for your fellow man and all that stuff, and that gets lost in this whole. It does get lost, and and the fact that Jesus never said any of those things and was written down by a bunch of people hundreds of years later, no one ever. Yeah, yeah, yeah I know all that. I mean, I'm not trying to put you down, but I mean, it's time. No, but it's <laughs> but time. No, but it's it's just time we all fucking grew up. It's a fake. You don't want to talk about fake news, but what's scary? And I wrote this down. What scares me about this? is it's just not about racism. It's about a country that is based, and you can look it up, on this thing called Calvinism, and the whole country is founded on this. Mm-hmm. Guns, babies, and Jesus. First Amendment. She's got it all, but I wish you could see this clip because there's people standing up like they're at a revival meeting. And if you saw this in any other circumstance, you'd think, what the fuck is wrong with these people? Like, how can they... They're, like, excited over this... You know, Jews and Muslims and Buddhists, you're okay, but you're not Jesus. You're not the Jesus people. And and the problem is, those are the people blindly following. You know, they should be so ashamed of themselves. Those people that voted against the, the confirmation of this black Supreme Court judge. Those are the same people, by the way, that voted against sending money to the Ukraine. 
Like, what the fuck is wrong with those fucking people? Yeah, but I mean, there's always going to be people that vote against a Supreme Court justice. I mean, outside of race. I mean, we've seen it. I mean, really. You know, it's those that... And you'll never know who exactly that voted just because she was black. I mean, sure. Well, Lindsey Graham Graham voted against her. Of course he did. And Mitch McConnell. Only three Republicans voted for her. Yeah, I know. The rest voted against her. Against her, her. yeah, I know. But that's, to me, that was more of a team thing. It was less of a race. It was more of a. They had voted before. They had voted for her before. But that's what I mean. They had voted for her before, and then when it got to the big stage, they voted Mm -hmm. against her. And. Anyway, but this this woman yelling about Jesus, guns, and babies is what's scary about America. Uh, Dan, do you have something pleasant we can finish this program on? I certainly do. Okay, let me get you some pleasant music. And now with a pleasant story to end today's yell fest, (laughs) here's Dan DeRue. Another day, another stolen bridge. In December, we talked about an Akron, Ohio bridge that was stolen for parts. And over the weekend, thieves in India stole a 60-foot, 500-ton bridge. They did it in broad uh, daylight. They posed as state irrigation employees. Uh, Guys came in with heavy machinery, gas cutters, and worked for two days during daytime in the full light of day to dismantle the bridge. Only later did villagers realize that they were imposters and reported it to the local officials. An inquiry has been ordered and are investigating how and when the bridge was stolen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Come on. It's assumed they stole it for scrap metal. Where did the bridge operation. go? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. Crazy stuff. They should have chained it to a tree or something like that. But. <laughs> Do you want to hear, uh, Dan, since you were asking about prize money, do you want to hear uh, how uh, the caddies are paid? I'd, I'd love to. So it's generally the rule of thumb. So they get a salary, <clears throat> depends on who you are and who you're working for. You get a salary, and then you get a percentage of the win. And it's generally considered, you know, the the norm to give your caddy between five and ten percent for a first place win for two, two if you win so the guy that won yesterday made 2.7 million dollars and his caddy would have gotten 270,000 of it hmm. pretty good for carrying someone's bag and saying stuff do some bag jokes <laughs> <laughs> insert bag jokes here insert bag joke I'd listen, Dad. For two hundred and seventy thousand, Fred and I would we'd take one of your giant bags each <laughs> and just carry it around for a day or two. Hey, Fred, I th- Dan's going to pay us two hundred and seventy thousand dollars to carry his bag for the next four days. Are you in? <laughs> Fuck yeah! Yeah, wouldn't that be an awkward sight? <laughs> <laughs> I got you, Dan. I got you, buddy. Cupping. Cupping. Bag okay, cupping. These stairs. Who wants to go up first? Okay. How are you? You back up. So, listen, for 270000 bucks, I'd carry it on my cheek. But uh, think about that, Dan. Yeah. The, so, most of the caddies are, uh, they get a percentage of the players' winnings. My cheek. <laughs> you like that? You <laughs> almost said I'd carry it on my chin. Hey, now. Hey, now. Hey, now. Uh, yeah. So, uh, 
See, when I was asking earlier about how the winnings were divided, I yes. was wondering if like if if a whole bunch of people won second and yes. then there was one person that won third, would that one person end up making more money than this all the no. second place? Winners? No, not at all because what it because does that no, no, it doesn't, yeah. yeah. So and Fred was asking that. about Fred was asking about that guy, the mullet guy, Cam Smith. And the putt he had on the last hole. So he went from getting third alone, which I'm just trying to do the math here. They split 1.8 million between them. They, they got 870,000 each. I think missing that putt probably cost him two or three hundred thousand dollars. But understand Can you this. imagine that? Well, no, but I mean, it's a lot of money to us. No, I know. But to them, you know, they're the the top ten players in this sport, or like the top ten players in any sport. They're already making you know twenty million a year, um, in various ways. So a couple hundred grand for a putt isn't as a big a deal as you'd think it would be. So it's not going to fry their brain thinking about it. It would definitely fry mine. Yeah. Um. I mean, the guys that are finishing way back, like, you know, like, there's a few guys there that the 80000 or the 70000 they made would be like, you know, that's, that's nice. It pays for their jet fuel and such. But um, another Canadian finished uh, 50th place, a guy named Mackenzie Hughes from the Niagara area, Hamilton area, and that paid him $37,000. He had an inspirational shot. Did you, I think it was the second round where he sort of shanked that one to the side. It was yeah. like, whoa, everybody can identify with that. Yeah, he's a pretty gutty player. He um, yeah. he had to make, a, I think, a par or whatever in the last hole to make mm-hmm. the cut. Um, all right. Well, thanks to uh, Jason Allen. That was interesting. And uh, Michael Clausen and Dan Duran. Always a pleasure to have you, a uh, veteran broadcaster, weatherman, anchorman, morning man. Fantastic. Thank you. I'm Friend of one and all. A man career. A man career. Uh, maybe uh, tomorrow we can have a, a Noom update once you finally figure out the app and uh, get yourself going. We can talk about your Noom journey. It's Can't exciting. Wait. No, yeah. it's very exciting. You don't want to be a fat guy. Uh, no, sir. Uh, well, and we'll see everyone tomorrow. Please enjoy this f- first day of the week. This episode of Humble and Fred was brought to you by Gig Sky, the Retirement Sherpa, the Chambers Plan, Bodog, Health Gauge, and GoDaddy. For Humble and Fred, I'm Dan Duran, and remember to like and subscribe. There's a destination a little up the road from the habitations and the towns we know. A place we saw the lights turn low, the jigsaw jazz and the get fresh flow. Pulling out jobs and jamboree handouts, two turntables and a microphone. Bottles and cans, just clap your hands, or just clap your hands. Mm-hmm.